this episode, picture Sydney Harbour. So the Opera House almost never happened because it was fraught with complications. They selected the design of Jan Woodson, so a Danish architect, and it was really controversial. This stuff had never been built before. They didn't know how they were going to do it. So it was actually created a whole bunch of innovation in both architecture and engineering. The original budget was seven million. Um, anyway, at final cost was 102 million. But he's only recently got the final payment for the work that they did on the Oculus. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. Now, Mark, I think we have some housekeeping to uh, just do before we get started. What's happening? Well, I guess you know we're we're back after a bit of a high, a bit of a summer holiday. Yes. Um, although, of course, it's winter in Australia. But uh, <laughs> putting that aside, um, yeah. Look, some big news. We are in the process of rebranding our marquee storytelling for leaders program into the new and improved story powered leadership program. And so, the first delivery of story powered leadership. Uh, occurs on the 8th of August. So it's a virtual program. So no matter where you are in the world, you can attend. So if you're interested in experiencing story-powered leadership, the new and improved program, then uh, yeah, just go to our website on our events page. So anecdote.com forward slash events, and you'll be able to get all the details, you know, session times, et cetera, and register. And of course, uh, we, we always encourage uh, people who are interested in evaluating the program for adoption within their organisation to give us a ping uh, because we're more than happy for you to uh, to get a seat and have a look at the program and decide if it's right for you. So if that's interesting, just send an email to people at anecdote.com and we'll get back to you. Yes. I'm, you know, our branding change here, I'm hoping it will be much more meaningful than the Twitter to X branding that's happening at the moment. Do you know that? They're renaming I did not Twitter. even know that. They're renaming Twitter. It's going to be called X. Like as in ex-wife? Um, yeah, ex-partner. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, Elon Musk does have a thing about this letter X. So um, uh, it's it's a theme that he's going through, I think. Anyway. So the, the platform's just going to be called X? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, okay. SpaceX, of course. And, yeah. Um, and he's just started an AI company called AIX or XAI or something like that. Anyway, I shouldn't even associate us with yeah, uh, please, such, like, such crazy. I, I just like everyone to ignore what Sean has <laughs> just said. Yeah, Story powered leadership. That's right. <laughs> ignore what we just said. Um, cool. Now uh, we've had this bit of break, and in that break, I actually spent uh, a week, actually two weeks, in Sydney, and uh, but a week holiday, and it was lovely. I actually got to see uh, something at the Sydney Opera House, and I believe. Mark, that's your story. Absolutely. Sort of the well, background, it, the background to it. Um, it's, it's, the story is not about you going to the Sydney <laughs> Opera House, <laughs> but it, I guess it is about the fact that you can go to the Sydney Opera House, right? Um, and uh, there's probably some details that you saw from being there that you might be able to add to this. But if I could just invite anyone who's listening, just to picture Sydney Harbour, right? And it's like it's almost impossible to picture Sydney Harbour without including the Sydney Opera House, right? Because it's just totally iconic. Um, in 2007, it was named a UNESCO World Heritage Site. 
um, the architect, Jan Utzen, in, in 2003 got awarded the Pritzker Architecture Prize, which is like the 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 highest uh, uh, it's the highest honor in architecture. It's like, like the, the Nobel, Nobel Prize. Prize, is it? Right, like yeah, the Nobel good. Prize for architecture. Mm -hmm. good. Anyway, almost never happened. So the Opera House almost never happened um, because it was fraught with with complications. And so, just a little bit of a potted history. So, um, the New South Wales government uh, funded a international design competition. Started in 1956. Um, this actually, whether it was 1965 or, or, or sorry, 55 or 56. But anyway, international design competition to design a an opera a, a venue for Sydney uh, on Sydney Harbour. And in 1957, they they selected the design of Jan Utzen, so a Danish architect, and uh, it was really controversial. Like it kind of looked crazy. Uh, at the start, yeah, like nine, in 1950, 1957, uh, picturing those sales. Um, anyway, they won won the competition, but and the co controversy started almost immediately, like as in, this is the wrong design, right? Anyway, did the design just just ask you? Did the design when it first was won, was it more or less what we see today? Do you think it's a did yeah? You it, see it, it, like it, it, it was, it was. They were they were more like diagrammatic representations of right. what we saw of what we see today. Mm -hmm. um, not quite the same because the design had to be modified quite a bit over, over time. But but yeah, yep. like in in general, it yep. had that the 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 huge shell shaped uh, yeah. shell shapes that we see today. Yeah, um, okay. It's just that back then they had no idea how they were going to build them. Right. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, they they started building in 1959, and uh, was scheduled to be opened in, for Australia Day 1963. So, four years. It was anticipated to cost seven million dollars. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, um, the government was really worried that they, they wouldn't be able to get funding, and they were also worried that uh, public opinion would turn against them. So they insisted on getting started straight away. Right, and so this is against uh, the the the, um, the advice of both Utzon and Ove Arup, who was Arup was the engineering firm that was working alongside uh, uh, the the architect. Anyway, their job was to bring it to life. Anyway, the government said, no, 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 we got to build the podium. So they built the podium, and then a couple of years later, it turns out, um, well, the podium they hadn't built it strong enough, and so they had to start again with the podium. So the <laughs> Within like one year of construction, they're already a year behind, right. uh, behind schedule. So, and and of course, the cost blowout from that decision was incredible. Of course, um, the architect was the easy person to blame for, uh, yeah, for this. Anyway, the uh, this had never, you know, the design was com you know, completely innovative. This stuff had never been built before. They didn't know how they're going to do it. So it was actually created a whole bunch of innovation. In both architecture and engineering, and so um, uh, uh, Geary, the you know the mm, Frank the, Geary, you know, yeah. like the, the the doyen of, of architecture, um, took inspiration for some of the things that they were doing with the Sydney Opera House in some of his designs. So, like right? some of his yeah. designs were possible from the innovations that it came um, out of done. Watson's work, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, cool. and and Arab, right? And so, Arab, right? Yeah, because yeah. Arab with the engineer. Anyway. Uh, 
it the cost blew out and blew out. So um, by 1962, the they, they were still predicting a uh, completion date of 1964 or 1965. The original budget was seven million. Um, anyway, at final cost was 102 million. So a slight blowout in cost, and it wasn't open till 1973. So wow, 10 years, wow, 10 wow. years late. Imagine that. Right. And so it was a project filled with, with contra- controversy. And the and it was it was really quite awful. Because in 1965, um, like the government changed. And yeah. there'd been lots of criticism of the project and the cost. And the change of government, uh, well, it was uh, you know, possibly an opportunity, but um Unfortunately, that with the change of government, uh, the the new premier of New South Wales, uh, he'd campaigned on a on a uh, uh, platform of cutting costs and getting the opera house built, and so uh, he immediately appointed a guy. What was his name? Davis Hughes to be the Minister of Public Works. Yep, and to oversee the project at the election night party. At, in Sydney, uh, uh, another architect overheard Davis Hughes' daughter, right? So the new Minister of Public Works, his daughter was at the election night party and she was telling people, oh, yeah, Daddy's going to sack that guy. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> That's bad. That Jorn Hudson, he's gone. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, well, a few months later, uh, he he was, he did resign. You know, his hand was kind of forced. They wouldn't pay. They wouldn't pay him. He couldn't pay his architects or his design team. It's, it was horrible. Anyway, it ended up getting built. So ten years late, you know, what is it? Fifteen times uh, more over budget. But the thing is, it did get built, and thank goodness for the persistence of of the group of people that that set about making it possible because at there were so many stages this project could have been cut and if that had happened we wouldn't have the ability to close our eyes and picture sydney harbour and and you know the iconic uh, opera house that, that sits there so wow it is amazing isn't it and and you know even today they they're pouring millions into improvements of the Sydney Opera House. They've just done a, a big acoustics uh, rebuild on their major theatres. And it looks lovely. It's uh, They've done all this woodwork around the walls, which is in a sort of like a ripple effect. So the sound bounces off in all sorts of directions. And, you know, they've got some, a German team apparently came in to, you know, work on the acoustics. The thing is, and and oh, and they put these um, baffles sort of over top of the orchestra that can be raised and you know high, you know, and, and you know, twist and turn and things like that uh, to just the right sound. But unfortunately, the the thing has got so loud for the orchestra that people are going off on sick leave because of uh, pain in their ears. So I think they've they've done a great job for the audience, but maybe not so great for the. The players on the stage. So the performers are copying a bit of uh, <laughs> bit of feedback, bit of audio feedback. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ah, good. That's, so, that's a really interesting story. It's like everyone should know that story. Australians, anyway, should all know yeah. that story. But one thing I didn't say in that is that just to give you an idea of how 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 much vitriol was involved uh, when Utzon left a few months after uh, the, the the great resignation, uh, he never 
again return to Australia. Yeah, that's right. Never, it? ever returned to Australia. Never, ever saw the Opera House yeah. with his own eyes. I heard too, I don't know if this is fully true or not, but I heard that he he only, him, you know, and he's just passed away in the last number of years, but he's only recently got the final payment for the work that they did on the Opera House. Oh, I didn't hear that. He died yeah. in 2009. So, yeah. um, wow. I think, yeah, and his son... His son has visited. Uh, they're all architects in the family, I think. But um, yeah, talk about uh, it's a bit of a stain on uh, on Australia's um, reputation, isn't it? Or at least the New South Wales government's reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I just, what do we I like? Just, it? I just look at it. And I just go, thank goodness that somebody stuck to their guns and got this done. Yes, that's right. And it's a bit different to what's happening now with. Uh, the Commonwealth Games and the Premier Ooh. here actually cancelling the Commonwealth Games. Yes, the Premier right. of Victoria. Yeah. Dictator and, Dan. And he's cancelled the Games. And, you know, at one level, it, it made a lot of sense, you know. Okay, the Games have blown out. Um, and it's, I think they've gone up to, well, some accounts say $6 billion. That's what the Premier is saying. And, and it started off as $2 billion, less than $2 billion. Um, so, you know, you think, okay, well, that makes sense. But, you know, like if they had that mindset with the Opera mm. House, we wouldn't see the Opera House. Right? That, well, that's exactly right. If, they, if, if the Victorian government had been doing that project, the Opera House wouldn't exist. Yeah. yeah. And that's a really good comparison. Now, tell me, what is going to happen with the Commonwealth Games? Well, like some, either someone takes it on um, and, you know, delivers it, or I guess it doesn't happen. But isn't it only two years away? Yeah, I think that's right. So, so, is, so how? What, yeah, what city's going to? Oh, I no guess, one yeah. would. No one would be crazy enough, unless you, unless you had all the facilities and you're ready to roll. You know, somehow yeah. you could do it. They, yeah, I guess of, the city that recently hosted, you know, our city that who hosted the Olympics in the last yes. couple of, you know, the last yeah. eight years or something, yeah. or the last um, uh, city that hosted the Commonwealth Games might put their hand up because they'd be pretty much ready. You know, they. For a yeah, you think cost. so, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. So what did you mm. like telling in this story, Mark? What, what did you enjoy telling? Well, I have to tell you, the fav- my, my favourite bit of it is the election night. Oh, the um, election party. Yeah. yeah. Where, where, the, where the new Minister of Public Works, his daughter is, is going around telling everyone that uh, daddy's about to fire the architect. So the knives are out well and truly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's nice. And again, you know, one, I think one of the reasons... I like that too, you know, and it's because it's a scene, right? It's a, it's a moment that, you know, you can picture, you know, you can imagine in some way. Um, so, yeah. One of the, the other bit that to me was visual and I liked was like really, you know how you said they built the pedestal or the platform and the then podium? They to, yep. the podium, sorry, the podium. And then they had to rip that down. Uh, I can sort of imagine that, you know, like, okay. And, and just the turmoil that would have created in itself. Um, that they got that so wrong. Um, yeah, and that was, um, so they, yeah, those things really stand out. The The thing that's always hard, I think, on a story like that is it's it's got a lot of historical moments and, and you have to connect those elements to be able to get a good connection of the, the whole story. But I think that's, you did that well, you know, in terms of uh, getting it there. But I think it's it gets a little bit more abstract, you know, you got those mo- strong moments, but then some of the other bits are 
you know, names and things that you're trying to get pitch head around. Um, the, I think the other thing that um, is so interesting is just I love the way you started and ended the story, right? You got everyone to visualize, you know, the opera house on Benelong Point and, you know, how, how this is just the image that we all have. And then you've finished with that, right? So there's a nice topping and tailing uh, in that story. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the absence of a compelling business point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of business points in the story. Um, but is there anything, before we get to the business points, is there anything that um, you would change in your telling of that? Yeah, absolutely. I would add another moment, which was that when uh, Utzon and his family left, um, they they snuck out onto the tarmac literally minutes before the doors closed. And so I would have said something like, you know, so to, you know, because of all the controversy and to avoid the, the press, they kind of snuck onto the plane just minutes before oh, the really? uh, before the plane left. The doors closed on that plane and it took off, and he never again set foot in Australia. Mm. Yeah, it's, so just something. It's a good like moment. That. Yeah, it's a great yeah. moment. It's sort of like that slinking out of the country. It's a terrible thing, isn't it? Um, oh, awful. Yeah. I think. The thing that I sort of, I don't know how, whether this would work or not, but the thing I was thinking of is, is whether it'd be interesting to try to tell the story from one perspective, one person's perspective, like he's, if maybe from Utzon's perspective, right? So yes. say, look, this is Utzon, architect here. This is how old he was at the time. You know, it had this amazing, you know, career and he's building and this is the big one, you know, and. And then Utzon did this, and then Utzon did that, and then you know this failed, and Utzon, you know, so it was all about Utzon. Perhaps that could be interesting. And then he had this bastard over there, you know, who was trying to, because I think yeah. there, there'd be a lot of bastard acts. Oh, there were a lot of yeah, it was a lot of really really bad behaviour. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the interesting one because I also think that you could tell this story from the perspective of Ove Arab, right? Um, yeah, because. Yeah. He and Utzon apparently had like Arab is like Arab is world famous. Like he yeah. is like a genius engineer. Sure. Um, and yeah, you know, he founded the company that is today known as Arab, and yeah, you know, they do huge projects. Anyway, he reflects on that time that Utzon was, you know, one of the greatest architects he's ever worked with, and they, you know, their relationship was so uh, important in overcoming all of the. The engine, really? you know, the technical problems and the design problems. Well, not problems, but the design um, challenges of challenges. Them. Yes, yeah. challenges. Um, yeah. And then Arab sees the breakdown in relationship, and the the New South Wales government basically say, "Where do you stand?" And he had to make a call. Oh, is that right? right? And he had to, and did he had he to go... decide. He had to decide whether he stayed with the Opera House. Yep. Or went with um, Utzon. Uh, with Utzon and 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 you know basically you know the project or his values and he oh that's not a good way of putting it but anyway he chose the opera house he chose to see the opera house out and it it, it was a rift between those two that was never ever healed right uh, but yeah wow. anyway that's so you a, could tell so it that's from, yeah that's an interesting yeah. so that's an interesting part of the story too isn't it you know because you know when you were talking about Arab. I didn't really catch the first part of that. I always thought you were talking about the company Arab. 
No, and this is actually, this is some this is the guy. The this engineer. is Ove Arab or Ove Arab. Ove Arab, right? Interesting. Okay. So let's let's have a look at business points then. I mean, is there a big business point that? I mean, you sort of made the business one business point about look. Sometimes you've got to persist through this, even though when the costs go up, because you end up with an amazing, you know, UNESCO yeah. uh, sort of listed uh, heritage buildings, right? Things like that. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, building Stick off with that, it. there's there's kind of I think you could riff on that. So pretty much any project you undertake is going to there's going to be technical difficulties and cost blowouts. Yeah, and so uh, it's. Folks, this is what happens if you achieve. If you're going to achieve something worthwhile, then there's going to be difficult times, and you're going to have to work your it's way true. through them. Yeah. So it's it is so it's close to persistence, but yeah, you, you I kind of could apply that with projects. Yeah. And yeah, and relate it specifically with projects. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think. Um... I don't know if this is a business point, but it's an observation, and that is beware of getting governments involved in your and politicians involved in your projects. That could yeah. be um, maybe a an epitaph. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just be careful. Be careful. Your stakeholders are. That's right. <laughs> don't put your hand up too quickly for a big government project. I think too that I mean, if the story was told a little differently and really did focus on the relationship between Arab and uh, and Utsun about you know that relationship and how it got them through you know the tough times, um, that would could be quite interesting. It's it's not a simple story, is it? In some ways, because no. it has no. positives and negatives to it, right? Yeah, and I I, I like what you're saying there because uh, you know together they achieved the near impossible yeah like and they couldn't you know like if, if they didn't have that relationship they would not have got to the point where they'd kind of where uh Utsun had got the design to the point where it, was you know, no it could back. be finished yeah right it could be finished oh yeah i wonder too you know at some point that people realize we can't turn back right it's um yeah we've gone too far yeah yeah, and and they can see the <laughs> and they can see back. the possibility of it. Like you know, when those um, you know shells started to emerge from the ground, you know, and they they did all the pouring of the cement on site. You know, it was all just created there uh, on the peninsula. Um, and yeah, I think once you saw that, you would it'd be hard to sort of say, okay, let's let's stop this. And who else would yeah. want to walk? Who else would want to walk in and finish it? I mean, God. Yeah, hard, yeah, hard project well, a, to take take to completion. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I guess one of the when when Arab left, the sales were up, right? They had they had solved all of the design right, uh, right. And, and and problems, so the the sales were up. They weren't tiled as we know them yeah. uh, today. Uh, they had not yet done that, but the the actual the the the, the, the you could look at them and see. The opera house that we see today so you know he'd taken a long way little fun fact about the tiles um so when people look at the opera house it looks like it's a white opera house you know uh, but when you get up close you realize the tiles are sort of a brown color and 
the reason why they had to make them that brown color and they had to get them from Spain or something like that um, is that if it was white, it would be so bright you couldn't look at the opera house. Oh. So white was not the uh, color that they could select. So how about that? So, well, so, so, so much, so much a, uh, you know, sunshine. Huge white surface. <laughs> huge white surface, yeah. Um, okay. I think, is there anything else we need to say about this story, Mark? Only that I am really glad, personally, that that um, it, that they persisted and they got the job done because Sydney Harbour is, it wouldn't be Sydney Harbour without, oh, yeah. The, uh, without yeah, the Yeah, without the Opera House there. Yeah, and I must admit, I I did a tour of the Opera House and I also went to a performance and uh, it was great fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it has a 70s sort of uh, vibe about it, that's for sure. That, that's certainly still there. And maybe they keep it like that. That's probably when, they, obviously, when they finished it. But it's got some beautiful artwork in there too. So, you know, it's got a big John Olson painting at the back of uh, the Opera House. If you want to check out a, a massive John Olson painting, that's the way to go. Um, yeah, so good, good place to go. Fantastic. Now, ratings, ratings. ratings. Yeah, it's been so long. I've done a podcast. I forgot what we need to do. Um, ratings. Uh, well, that's my story. So you get to, you get to go first with the ratings. Um, I. So I'm tossing up between an eight or a seven. You know, I like that. I really like the story, and I think I could tell it and use it and to make a point. I could see myself giving it, giving a presentation with that in it because it has such good visuals, right? I think that would be interesting. And because I was there, I could throw some of my own personal sort of recollections. So yeah, I think I added eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. I think it's a like it's an incredible achievement. Yep, that's. Uh... That, that you can use, usefully make the point about persistence, and and even if you just told it and said, look, they you know they blew out the budget from seven million to one hundred and three million from from three years to oh, sorry from four years to uh, fourteen years um, yeah. in terms of, but they got it done. Yeah, it's massive. So you could basically tell it you know in in a in a thirty second version. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And, of course, tune in next week where we'll have another episode you about how to put your stories to work. Bye for now. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.